Are we ready? Hallelujah. I got a wonderful, wonderful message to share with you this morning. And uh, please come with me to the epistle of Paul, Philippians chapter 2. You've got the Bible, you've got the electronic Bible. Uh, yeah. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Let's read together. Therefore, my dear friend, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe, as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing, but even if I am poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Let's pray. Father God, I acknowledge, Lord, that God, you are light. You are my salvation. Yes, Lord, my life is in you. My hope is in you. Yes, Lord, that the God I know, Lord, the God I know, Lord, light up the city, Lord. And the church I know, Lord, yes, Lord, light up the city, Lord. And we are your light, Lord, this morning. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, Lord. Work in us. Work in us. Yes, Lord. Complete the good work, Lord, you are doing. Yes, Lord. Open our ear again, Lord, this morning. Cause our heart to receive, Lord, from you, Lord, this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. See, Apostle Paul, when he wrote this letter, he was in prison. And he encouraged the saints of the Philippines, whose partnership in the gospel that brought so much joy to him. You know, in the fellowship of the gospel and in prayer and in giving. And therefore, he says that, My friend, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. This morning, the title of my message is Shining Brightly for Christ. And if you look at the picture that uh, Angela put up for me, it's the sky. It's the sky filled with millions of stars. And this is what Paul is encouraging the church to shine as stars brightly for Christ. See, in the beginning of this letter, Paul thanked God. Every time he remember, he remember in them in prayer. And he said, he, he who began the good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ. 
what is the good work God is working in every believer's life from the day of the salvation. The good work that God is working in you and me is for us to become mature and Christ-like. And the way to live according to God's purpose, accomplishing what God wants in our life, is to shine like a star as the universe for His glory, for His pleasure. That is in verse 14 and 15 we have just read. Now turn to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Paul said, For you were one darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. In my version, there's the bracket there in verse 9 says, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. God will not tell us to do something that is not achievable. So shining as stars is not poor idea or the prophet idea. This is according to God's will. Matthew 5:14, Jesus said, "You are the salt and the light of this world." And John 1 verse 4 it says, "In him was life, and that life was the light of man. The light shine in darkness." but darkness has no understanding of it. See, the fruit of light, as I said earlier, consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. So Jesus, you see, on this earthly ministry, his mission, he went about doing good, healing the sick, revealing the righteousness of God, and sharing the truth of God. So his mission now is become our mission. That's why the God I know is the light of the city. And the church I know is the light of the city. As we sung this morning. So as children of God, we have this DNA. DNA. You see, we, we are the chosen one. 1 Peter 2, 9 said, We are the chosen one, the royal priesthood. Let's read that 1 Peter. I, I give you this scripture so that it's good that you this uh, that you know this you are in the will of God and you are shining not according to your own but 1 Peter 2 9 it says that but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who call you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is what we are. You can choose to continue to walk in the flesh or in the newness of this new creation when you are born again and let the light shine. You see, Upon that crucifixion on the cross, Jesus took the last breath in Mark chapter 15, verse 37 38. And Jesus cried out loud. And what happened? The curtain torn into two from top to bottom. That curtain in the temple 
symbolize that it's separate. That's the dwelling place only the high priest can go in where God dwells. That curtain has been torn for us and making that way that we can come to God's presence. That glory of God is made available for us that we can come to His presence. And Hebrew 10, if you are taking note, it's Hebrew 10, Hebrew chapter 10, verse 19 to 22. Go back and read. These are all God's will. So let me share with you three essential to be consistent, shining brightly for Christ. Number one is spend time with God. Desire His presence, His divine presence. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 34, verse 29. 35. Exodus. Moses. When Moses came down, verse 29, chapter 34, verse 29. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in his hand, Pastor K was showing that two tablets morning in her hand uh, in his hand he was not aware of that his face was radiant did you see Pastor K's real face was radiant she was laughing with the white teeth <laughs> because he had spoken with the Lord when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses his face was radiant radiant and they were afraid to come near him but Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israel came near him and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the Israel, what he has been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put a veil back over his face until he went to speak to the Lord. In his presence, God's presence, God's glory come down upon Moses. You know, that light shine upon him. He was so radiant, radiant. That people, the Israel was so fearful. Seeing Moses is like seeing God in the presence. And, and now turn to the New Testament, Second Corinthians chapter three. Second Corinthians chapter three. That we have the glory of new covenant. Second Corinthians chapter three. Verse 12 to 18. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing it while the radiance was fading away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. 
it has not been removed because only in Christ is taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their heart. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. And we who with unveiled face all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Arise, shine, for the light has come. Thick darkness covers the earth. Thick darkness covers the people. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 and 2. King David was saying, The Lord is my life, my salvation. When I see that vision, that's Pentecost Sunday that we were praying, that, that I was in the blazer, a thick blazer, you know, a three quarter length blazer, and with a scarf, standing in the cold place. I said, What am I doing here? You know, I look at myself. You know, when God is my light, I have no fear of cold. His light will warm me up, I believe that. He will make clear to me why I am there. Amen. The Lord is my salvation. So now you know that you have the new uh, covenant glory. You are the light. You are shine, let shine. So the only thing that we need to do really, literally, is like Moses, draw close to him, desire for his presence, just as King David in Psalm 27. One thing I ask, one thing I desire, is to, uh, to see, to place you under your beauty, to be with you. <coughs> the main scripture is in Philippians chapter 2. Okay. Then he says that Paul says that do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like star in the universe. You look at the stars in the skies. They don't complain or they don't argue with one another. They just shine. They just shine. Even thick dark cloud you know, move and try to hide and cover the sun from shining. After a while, they still shine. And you know, you know something about light. Light is there's no way to cover the light. Even you see all these curtains, you know, there's a little gap there. The light still comes through. The light will always expose the darkness. One John one six is God is light. In Him, there's no darkness. So Paul is not confident in the flesh. You know, flesh cannot contain this this light. 
This flesh cannot even flesh out the light, actually. It's the spirit that is working in us. It's the spirit that is working in us. The three essential things that I give to you, the first one is divine presence. The second one is the divine power of the spirit. Just imagine this is the torch light. first battery is the divine presence. The second one is the divine power of the Holy Spirit that work in us. The divine power of the Spirit is like the generator that supplies the electricity in, into us working at the conductor our body to light up in the Lord and live as children of the light. Why we need this divine power of the spirit? This is that's that's the look at Ephesians chapter three, verse fourteen. This power Paul is saying here, for this reason, chapter three, verse fourteen, for this reason I knew before the Father from whom his whole name in heaven and on earth derived his name. I pray that out of the glorious richness he may strengthen you with power through which, through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep in the love of Christ to know his this love that surpasses knowledge that you may feel to the measure of all the fullness of God now to who to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. The spirit of truth help us. The spirit of truth working to empower us. That's why we need the divine power of the spirit. The Spirit of the Lord will guide us, will show us, will make it clear to us. See, in this depraved, crooked generation, crooked, you know what is crooked. That's not straight. If you want more of that, what a, a crooked and depraved generation, read Roman, okay? They read Roman. Paul's Paul will explain to you in Romans chapter 2 or Romans chapter 1. So how do we shine in this depraved crooked generation? For you are the Lord. And this this lead me to the third essential that we need. You you look at the Philippians chapter 2 just now, the main passage of the scripture this morning. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. And verse 16, it says that which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the 
word of life. The word of God word is life. God word is active. And hold on to the promise of God. That is the third essential uh, things that we need to shine brightly for. See, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain. Jesus' light of this will continue to show and shine. Jesus is the light of this world, hopefully. And he will continue to show and shine today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He heals today, he heals tomorrow, and he heals forever. That's why miracles, signs, and wonders you follow. And if he shine in the beginning of the creation, he said, let there be light. And outshine that darkness, move that darkness to one side. It's the same today. When he came to the earth to do the will of his father, he shined. And this light will continue to shine. See, when we hold on to the promises of God, in Second Corinthians chapter 1, it says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, amen, is spoken by us to the glory of God. We got to hold on to the word of God, the word of life. The word of God is life. In Psalms 119, Thy word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Church, if we need to be the church that light up the city, we need to hold on to the word. Hold on to the promise of God. It's not by any other way that I know that is more certain and promising that, that His word will never fail us. He says that heaven and earth will pass away but my word will remain. When God promises something, He will fulfill it. When God promises the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, He fulfill it. He fulfill it on the day of the Pentecost. See, when God promises you that you, you're going to be, you know, this, that, He will fulfill it. He will fulfill it. That's why God it's a lie to King David. He has seen it. He has encountered it. And that's why his confidence in God is 100%. He saw the brilliant light that come out from his presence. It's like a thunderbolt of lightning that strikes his enemy. And for, for Paul to experience this, you know, he had an encounter. He had an encounter with God. What happened to Paul's life? You know, you read that. Uh, suddenly, his will just fall off. And that bright light caused him to be blinded. 
but we cannot stand in front of that light actually that light is so bright so bright when the spirit is in there that is working in us that new creation can has the capacity to hold that light to shine them that's why we got to work out this salvation with trembling and fear as God worked in us we got to work out in our daily life in our daily living in our daily serving as we spend time early in the morning spend time in this divine presence and be aware of the Holy Spirit power working in us leading us, showing us, guiding us listen to the Holy Spirit He's a person Holy Spirit is a person and talk to you you can hear His voice not just God the Father God the Son is a person but God the Holy Spirit is a person you can talk to Him, you can relate to Him He's your counselor. He's your helper. Yeah. He strengthens you in time of your weaknesses. He works in you. And that's why the fruit of the light, we got to bear the fruit of the light. That is consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. You know, there are people, you share the gospel, they will not listen to you. But you share the goodness of God Somehow That goodness of God Will touch them Because that goodness of God Comes from God And, and that, that goodness of God Is the act of God's kindness And when that kindness You know Touches that person in times of need That kindness Open their heart open their heart that they want to know the God that you know that goodness and the righteousness the righteousness of God is not self-righteousness you see we cannot earn the salvation through good work but the righteousness of God is come by faith in Christ Jesus that we receive that's why when we live righteously and doing what is right in the sight of God then this depraved uh, this uh, crooked generation will see the distinguished difference hey you believer you got something that we don't have how come you are doing the thing that so different with us you you hope that fruit of righteousness is not what you do it's God that is working inside of you as you work out in your daily living obeying his instruction his command, his will, his precept as you hold on to his word of life that's why we have to have these three things to shine brightly the divine presence the divine power and hold on to the word of life the promises of God so that we can truly be a church that light up the city And further down you see the passage in Philippians chapter 2 Paul 
Paul says that in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing but even if I am been poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and services coming from your feet I am glad and rejoice with all of you so you too should be glad and rejoice with me Paul is using this verse here that he said you know just to serve you just to serve you to build you up to strengthen you I'm in prison actually writing this letter he said actually it is a joy even to be like a sacrifice is a drink offering unto God it is a joy so this morning really what touches me is that you know Paul has such joy with the, with, with the saints that he ministered to because all of them share the same grace with him as they partner with him in the fellowship of the gospel to see salvation comes to people as we share the goodness the righteousness the truth that they can taste the fruit of this life so church it is a joy for us as you partner with us and even there are trials there are difficulties but it is a joy when you share the grace of God with us to see this church stand and shine brightly for Christ and to Him be the glory Amen Amen